0: This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum.
1: Morning Breath starts now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. This is a Morning Breath. We're a drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. How does that happen? Well, what we do is read a chapter of the Bible, spend some time in the Word, talk to Jesus, let the Word speak to our lives, and then I and my co-host come down to the radio uh, studio we have here on the Merritt Island campus of East Coast Christian Center. We read the chapter on the air, and then we go wherever we go, because every word of God is God-preed, so we're trusting the Spirit of God to lead us on what to share, Kind of what stood out to us as we read it, you know, because I believe the Spirit of God speaks to us every time we get into the Word and uh, is available there to help us, to instruct us and and encourage us. And that's why Mark's here, too. So, yeah, he and the Holy Spirit are on the same team. That's why I, I hope that, that's always where too. I want to be. It's the only me team I want to be on.
2: Good morning. How, how are you doing, Pastor Dan? I'm doing great, brother. Thank yeah. you. How are you doing? I'm great, man. It's good to be here. Feels good outside. It's beautiful fall, yeah, Florida finally, weather. Yeah, finally. That's why everybody wants to live in Florida. This come is, on. Not in July, not in August, but now.
1: Mm-hmm. This is the time. We have six months of the nicest weather anywhere in the world. Yeah. yeah we do. <laughs> and then July will hit again and yeah. everything will change. But that's okay. We're going to enjoy
2: it while it's here, bro. Hey, we want you to join us on the show. Uh, where, like Pastor Dan said, we read a chapter of the Bible, and we want you to know what chapter we're reading, so you can read along with us. You can listen to the show; all those things are available to you on our East Coast app. You should download that to your phone or your pod, your uh, iPad, whatever you use, and uh, get on the East Coast app. There's a button there for podcasts, and you can see the Morning Breath Guide there, as well as listen to uh, lots of episodes of the show. It goes way way back. You can do that same thing on our website, eccc.us, and if you need a Morning Breath Guide, and you don't have access to either one of those resources, you. You can call the office at 321-452-1060. We will email or mail you a Morning Breath Guide. While you're on the app, while you're on the website, you can check out all the things that are happening in the East Coast. You can go to our YouTube page, watch our sermons, lots of good things to do there.
1: Absolutely. We've got a couple of things coming up in the very near future. I guess the very, if we go from closest to furthest, we got to go with Thanksgiving's tomorrow. Yeah, it's right around the corner. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, uh, It's a family event at our house. And from what I understand, everybody's coming over. (laughs) Sometimes that doesn't work out, you know, because everybody's got family, different, you know, in laws and outlaws and all that stuff. So, you know, sometimes, but I think they're all coming over tomorrow. So that'll be fun at our house. Hope you enjoy your Thanksgiving. And then, uh, of course, we got Black Friday. <laughs> we were joking. That's about, a good right? point. We were
2: joking about writing that down we're, as an announcement. Yeah,
1: we're going to sell Nick's clothes uh, but, for Black Friday, our Black Friday sale, right, Nick? Right. Okay. Good. Nick, I, I don't have that much to give though. Nick's our, Nick's our manager, right? That's going to be a small sale. It's it's all East Coast clothes. Okay. <laughs> it's okay.
2: Every T-shirt we've ever
1: had. I yep. get it. I get it. We That's got Christmas
2: cool. on the Parkway coming up. Ah. That's a uh, our our winter festival, basically, is is what that is at, at East Coast. It's uh, next Friday, so not Ooh. this. Not this coming Friday, but on the 6th of December uh, from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. We'll have snow. We'll have all kinds of inflatables, slides, uh, refreshments, uh, you know, just uh, amazing time. Like I said, it's almost like— snow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. As as long as it stays snow before it turns into ice, (laughs) you— Have your kids come out and whip it at each other, and uh, we, we try to give them all the fun that we can, but it's just yeah. an incredible day. It's always well-attended. It's, it's free, yep. and it's just a ton of fun. I, I have great memories of Christmas on the parkway from even when my kids were little, yep. and it's just it, it's a great atmosphere. I, I've never seen anything like it, frankly, in, in this area.
1: Yeah, it's a cool thing. And I'm it's not saying that God. to brag. I'm just, no, it, just, yeah. it, was a, it was one of those God ideas that you get yeah. and say, wow, I wonder— if we could do that and then it worked out and it was really cool so we are it is a good event the other thing uh, this is kind of behind the scenes but it's going to be in front of the scenes shortly as uh, you know before we know it, it's going to be a new year yeah 2020 and uh, i believe we turned in our uh, we, we write a devotion for the new year, 21 days of, of fasting and prayer, and I believe everybody on staff turned in their devotions last Monday or Tuesday, mm-hmm. and and so we're rocking. We'll have a new devotion, and the, get ready for the new year. God's got great things for us. Yeah, it's 2020. Every <laughs> church in America is going to have some kind of vision Oh, <laughs> yeah. Vision if you statement. don't have a vision statement for 2020, you're in trouble. <laughs> uh, we've had one for the last 30 years, but uh, you, you better have one for 2020. <laughs> that is for sure. I want to see clearly. Speaking of seeing clearly, let's let's uh, Let's get into our chapter today. Yeah. We're in uh, chapter 11. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, good. good. Yeah. I've been out of town, so it uh, was at a church in Tennessee. It's been fun, but I'm back now. I want to make sure I was in the right chapter. Yeah. And I thought I'd read through verse 17, excuse me, through 16, even though halfway through 17, there's just a good little break there. Changes thoughts. Yeah, it sure does. And I, This, I'm just going to start out. This is probably one of the worst chapter heading numbers I've ever seen in the Bible. And what I mean is where they start, verse one. It starts with imitate me just as I imitate Christ. And that's right after he says all these things that he wants you to imitate. Yeah. And so they, if they would have bumped that down to verse two, you know, and made that <laughs> verse one, it would have made more sense to me because it's almost hard to read the imitate me just as I imitate Christ without, you know, giving a little background on what he's talking about here, sure. you know, because that's a pretty... That's a pretty strong statement.
2: I've noticed sometimes in those chapter breaks they'll do it right in the middle of a thought when the next sentence was the next thought. Yeah, that's and it's weird.
1: like why'd we do that? In even the space, the way it's spaced right there, because it goes to head coverings. Yeah, it's like okay, well, uh, whatever. <laughs> but that's what they did, and so we'll honor it and read it. I'll right. read through verse uh, sixteen, and I'll pick it up in seventeen in morning breath fashion. I say unto you, Pastor Dan, read, sir. New King James. Yes, imitate me, just as I also imitate Christ. Now I praise you brethren that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I delivered them to you. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of every woman is man and the head of Christ is God. Every man praying or prophesying having his head covers dishonors his head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. For that is one and the same as if her head were shaved. For if a woman is not covered, let her also be shorn. But if it is shameful for a woman to be shorn or shaved, let her be covered. For man indeed ought not to cover his head since he is the image and glory of God. But woman is the glory of man. For man is not from woman, but woman from man. Nor was man created for woman, but woman for the man. For this reason, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, neither is man independent of woman nor woman independent of man in the Lord. For as a woman came from, excuse me, I'm going to start over. For as woman came from man, even so man also comes through woman, but all things are from God. Judge among yourselves, is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given to her for a covering. But if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. Verse 17, now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you,
2: since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that that there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. For there must also be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's supper. For in eating, one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry, and another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you, for I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we, would be, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment, and the rest I will set in order when I come.
1: Amen. Wow. Uh, This is an interesting chapter because of, you know, when it it goes through all the head covering stuff that that are mentioned here, excuse me. Yeah, it's it's, all the men and women stuff can be confusing. It can, and and it kind of throws people off, but then he sums it up by saying, but if anyone seems to be contentious, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. In other words, wearing a doily on your head if you're a lady, or, you know, not wearing a hat in church if you're a man, just use those two two types of things. Really, there's nothing in Christianity that addresses that, that is, you know, leans into and breathes into legalism, and there's a freedom and grace in in Christ that our relationship's not based on what we have on our head, (laughs) thank God, um, you know, when I started as a brand-new believer, I was a little thrown by this, and I, the reason I was is I worked at the, at the Colorado Division of Highways, and we had to wear a hard hat while we were operating equipment, and so I wanted to pray, but then I had this hat on my head, and because I didn't have this in me yet and didn't understand this yet, and then I, I, I did read about where it says if a man prays with his head covered, he's dishonoring God. I thought, whoa. What should I be praying while I'm working? Can, think about that for a minute. That is classic legalism that would try to keep you from, from expressing your love and relationship with Jesus while you're at work over some stupid rule or regulation. Yeah. That's classic controlling legalism. And then when somebody pointed out to me, well, look at verse 16, it says, but we don't have any of these rules in the church. I went, uh Okay. yeah And then I felt real comfortable praying. I still, um, when I'm in a situation, don't wear a hat when I don't think it's proper to wear a hat. I mean, if you go into a country club or, uh, you know, a yacht club, I was at a yacht club, somebody invited me to lunch there to eat and I had a hat and when I, you take it off when you go in a yacht club. If you don't, they'll come up and ask you to. Um, you know, so there are still some of that you know in our culture, sure. and a lot of this is cultural too.
2: And I, I think I've run into that before, and and it's the cultural thing that that's so important that you got to keep in mind. And uh, I've had people like my son always wears a hat, and and I've had people you know say things like you know you, sh- you should have your hat, you take your hat off when you come inside, you take you know you take your hat, off when, and it's like wait, well who decided that? You know, and, and you start you start hitting people with rules and making them, you know, it's like we, who's, these are arbitrary things uh, and they may be cultural and you want to show honor in places where, you know, if you're going to their house and you want to do it their way. Then you want to honor them. But to start beating people over the head with it and especially to start making doctrines out of it, just like this thing where it says, um, you know, it's it's bad for a man to have long hair. Well, I haven't read this in the Greek to know exactly what it means, but what's long?
1: Oh, that is—I mean, I—I had that in the margin of my Bible the first time I read it. Yeah. Well, what was long to them? Yeah. Well, they had to have hair as a Jew long, and weren't allowed to cut the sides of their hair. And so, if you ever look at a Hasidic Jew, somebody you know with the black hat and the whole outfit, they have these big long curls. That hang way down on the sides of their head. Why? Because part of that priestly rule was don't shave the sides of your head. And that wasn't why I think it was there. You know, I think it was not to cut yourself and look like, you know, some other demonic priesthood over here. But how long is long? Well, they got 14-inch pigtails on each side of their head. Yeah. Is that long? So it's really ridiculous. Here, I think, shoulder length. It had to be shoulder length or longer to be long in this day and age. I mean, you know, I had a picture when I was a young hippie, uh, Pastor Mark, hanging in my uh, house, my apartment, and it was a picture of Jesus. And, of course, he had long hair, and he said, you tell him it's all right with me, son, (laughs) because I had long hair. You had hair down the middle of my back. And so it was like – then I thought. What are they getting on long hair for? Doesn't every picture in the Bible have Jesus with long hair? Right. You know, so, and a Nazarite has long hair and doesn't shave their hair from birth and dot a head from birth. There's a lot of dynamic here and why I think it's kind of wiped away at the end. I will say, I've seen your son, though, and your son does take his hat off when we pray. He does. You know, slip it off when we pray, put it back on, and, you know, I think that uh, we have people in our worship team that wear hat while they worship, you know. Ten years ago, that was that would have been harder for me than it is today, Mm -hmm. just because you get some beat into you culturally. Um, The thing I do think we do need to consider in that area is if we are offending a lot of other people. If I was in a culture, I mean, certainly if I went to another country and wearing a hat inside a home was uh, was a cultural no, no wouldn't you take the hat off to reach that family for Christ? Of course you would. You'd slip it off your head. So I do think that even needs to be considered here sometimes, that with, you know, we've got a lot of older military guys around here. Uh, Where did they get the rules they live by? Well, probably not from the Bible, but yet they're pretty strongly ingrained in them. Sometimes you've got to think about how is this affecting the other guy? Not how much freedom I have in Christ, because Paul had tons of freedom in Christ. In fact, that's what he starts this with, is imitate me. Uh, It's right after he says, give no offense, either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, the profit of many, that they may be saved. He didn't commit himself to legalism to reach people, but he made sure that he wasn't doing something extra that was offensive to people, yeah. Because he was trying to reach them. Now, don't get me wrong. He washed the dust off his feet, and left synagogues before. It doesn't mean that he wasn't strong as horseradish. He was but he did try to become all things to all people and so i do think sometimes we do need to consider what's proper for for those around us and the setting we're in and so yeah. you know that that would concern me and i might make a decision not to wear a hat in a in a church or in a building and i wouldn't you know that's just me and being older but i might make a decision that fit ooh hope this fits I want to fit in here better so that they, my my little thing I'm doing doesn't scream so loud they can't hear the Word of God that I'm trying to share with them. Sure. You can so, turn in, you
2: know, in, in going against the idea of legalism, you can actually go into the other ditch and say, I'm so against your legalistic doctrine that I'm going to rub in my freedom in your face. Yeah, there and, you go. And you ruin your ability to have a relationship that could lead them to grace later on. And it's just don't, don't take a scripture— it, like this, that maybe isn't one hundred percent clear, and build a doctrine out of it, and then start running people off. Just yeah, you know, that's, that's just sure. what I would encourage. You. It's not what, especially in the new covenant, that's never what it's intended for. And so you got to think about that from both sides. Don't build a doctrine that's going to run somebody off. Don't be so rebellious against a, the idea of a doctrine that you run somebody off at the same time. And there's a lot of directions you could go with that.
1: Yeah, and I, I'll just throw in here real quick one of the things when people start getting on the men and women thing in here, when you read verse five, it says, "But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her." Head and everybody goes, Yeah, see, well, it's obvious that women should pray and prophesy, yeah, <laughs> you know, or else they would, he wouldn't be dealing with that as a how you do it correctly or how you do it in a way that honors God. But then you got to come right back to it. The end of all this, the head covering is not an issue in the church today, it is not a doctrine, it is not a he puts right, we have no such custom nor do the churches of God. And yeah. that custom, I really is saying, you know, preference or legal legalistic view in this thing. So just, and that's the other thing, I'll say this real quick. The church is divided over our preferences for way too long. Yes. You know, the word of God will draw us together, but our preferences, you know, I, I, I remember going to a church when my wife wore pants and she was asked not to come back to the church in pants. This was a long time ago, but it was still done. You know, that did not, we were just trying to figure out who God was at that moment. Didn't help. Mm-hmm. Didn't help the process to be asked not to come back to church in a pair of jeans, which is what we, you know, we were young hippies. That's what we wore and that type of thing. You know, when you you look at this and, and think about this, man, God wants our, our arms wide open and Jesus got in trouble for Welcoming people in yeah. that didn't fit, sure. you know, the narrative of what the religious folks thought should fit. So I love it.
2: It's a great picture. You gotta don't be let, your, don't let your custom be be more important than what God's actually saying. That's right. And yeah.
1: and give up something precious to you to help somebody else. You know, you may be free to drink, and and you you have a beer every you know Friday night or once a month or whatever you do, but if you're with somebody that really struggles with it or hates it or thinks it's really wrong. You wouldn't need to have a beer that night. You're free, aren't you? Yes, that's a good, yeah. (laughs) You're free, aren't you? Oh, I'm free, I can do it. Well, that's one way to look at it. But are you free enough not to do it? Yeah. Are you so free that you've got self-control? That's right, and can do it for someone else because it doesn't really matter. It's just, it's not controlling your life. We'll put that on hold because I love this person more than I love, you know, a can of beer or whatever, you know, the case may be
2: you know, talking about uh, um, doctrines and, and, and taking something out of Scripture and making a doctrine out of it, when we, if we go over toward the later part of the chapter and we look mm. at the at the, uh, at the communion, and, you know, what he's he's scolding these Corinthians because basically they were taking communion and turning it into a big party, half up and getting drunk, other you know, and eating like gluttons, and, and then other people were poor in the church and didn't even have enough to eat, and it was just turning it into a disaster. And it wasn't honoring Jesus <laughs> and, and, and discerning his body. Really? But then I, we got... I was in a, I had. I experienced this one time, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, Pastor Dan. I, I visited a church once. This is, you know, a few years ago when we had moved away and we were looking for a church home. Um, I visited a church that, and it was on a communion Sunday, and the pastor got up and he said, "Before we take communion," and from what I can tell, this is probably how he did it every Sunday or every month. He's, I know right where you're going yeah, but keep going. yeah, I know. He said, "Before we take communion." Um, if anyone in here has sin in their life that they refuse to repent from, we ask you not to take communion with us today and, and just sit in your seat and not participate because we don't want to take communion in an unworthy manner. And I thought, you know what, I haven't studied this out real detailed, but that just doesn't sound like grace to me. And so I wanted to just lob that up there, Pastor Dan, because I think you've probably been around something like that, and I'd love to hear your take on it.
1: I have been around something like that. What's interesting to me is I I, didn't—that isn't where I thought you were going to go. Oh, okay. Let me just say real quick where I thought you were going to go is where they would say you're not allowed to take communion because you're not part of us. Mm. And I've been in situations where that's been done, and they said, no, you can't take communion because you're not a— denominational, put in whatever denominational title you want, and because you're visiting here today and you're from that church over there, you can't take communion with us. And so both of them are wrong, both of the situations, but it's interesting that in communion you find this going on. I will say, I think this is speaking to believers when it's talking about he who eats or drinks in an unworthy manner, eats and drinks, judged to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Um, so yeah, I do think it's spoken to believers and yeah, I do think we should consider what's going on, but that discerning the Lord's body, I believe is two-sided and it might be three-sided. First side of, of discerning the Lord's body is Jesus died for me that I might be forgiven. (laughs) Yeah. So are you going into this believing properly that God forgives you? number one. Number two, Jesus died for me to heal me. So when I come in to the Lord's Supper, I don't go out sickly because I also apply his body where it was broken for me and the stripes on his back and healing. Number three, the Lord's body is quite possibly in this situation, the church. Mm. Are you, here's how I think you can eat and drink damnation to yourself more than by having a sin in your life. It's by hating your brother. Because when you hate your brother and you don't forgive your brothers, you're not forgiven. And this isn't something that God does or doesn't do to you. This is something you're doing to yourself. Mm. And so the grace of God is always there for forgiveness. But if I won't forgive you, Mark, I'm the same forgiveness that you give to somebody around you is the same forgiveness you receive. It all comes from the same place. Jesus, you can't get your little pipe of it and refuse to let somebody else tap into their pipe of it. Mark's forgiveness in my life. If he ever did something that offended me or hurt me, the forgiveness that I owed him is the same forgiveness that Jesus gave me. Mm. And the only way I can walk in forgiveness in my life is what, Is walk in forgiveness with other people. And so part of what I think this is saying, Hugh eats and drinks and is not discerning the Lord's body. That's how I think you can get, excuse me, in more trouble as far as how you take communion. I still think God's grace is amazing. I still think that even when we've got an unresolved you know, sin that somebody has, you know, where we think they've hurt us. I know there's lots of times we've walked through that and God has worked with us and, you know, he's led us. Sometimes we're mad at people who don't even know it. And God's going to work you through that stuff. But what you've got to learn to do is be sensitive to him when he speaks. And when you see, you come to the altar and you remember, oh, yeah, I'm mad at Mark. I better take care of that before I offer up my gift yeah. on the altar. And this is just basically the same thing. You're doing an incredibly uh, memorial event that you're reminding yourself what Jesus did. How could you not be walking in forgiveness with other people out there? And how, how couldn't you not recognize that I got issues? This brings up one other subject. I'll get to it quickly. You know, somebody has pointed out the scripture, you know, there's no drunkards, there's no liars, there's no this and all that in heaven. Well, I asked him the question one time, do you think a, a, a drunkard who is crying out to God and wants to change but doesn't seem to be able to, who gives his heart and life to Christ, do you think he goes, goes to heaven? And see, the people, the things some people don't realize is I'm not a sinner anymore. I'm a saint. And I'm, even if I drink, I'm not a drunkard. I'm a believer. And I've changed kingdoms and I've changed. My title's different now. And so, does it mean just the act of sin keeps you out of heaven? No, I don't think that's possible. I think it's the not knowing God and not giving your heart and life to Christ that keeps you out of heaven. Not some act that you did or didn't do. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute, and Mark can fix everything I said. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast
0: Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Cocoa. People often say, kids are like sponges. Their powerful young minds will soak up anything and everything. This is true especially during their toddler years, which is why it is important that they be in a fun, friendly, God-centered learning environment like East Coast Christian Academy. We offer activities in the areas of social, emotional, physical, and spiritual to guide those minds toward all that they were created to be. Contact Cindy Smith for more information at 453-KIDS. That's 453-5437 real estate services. Scott Langston, senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you how having a professional can make a difference in your buying, investing, or leasing commercial property. Scott Langston, 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Now go out there and make it a great day. TNT, the new thing, church for the fired-up teenager. Come out for a night of worship, growth, and good times every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at East Coast Christian Center. For more information, call 452-1060-extension-149. For frequent updates and events, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. East Coast Vieira meets every week at Vieira High School at 915 and 1045. With a high energy and dynamic children's ministry for all ages, East Coast Vieira Youth meets every Sunday night at 6 p.m. For more information or to learn more, our website is vieira.eccc.us.
2: Welcome back to the show. This is Morning Grace. Welcome back, guys. I want to take just a minute as, we, as we're as we closing out Come this on. morning to, to look at grace. It says in verse 25, In the same manner Jesus also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This mm-hmm. do as often as you drink and in remembrance of me. And, I, and we've talked a lot about how religious doctrines get started and how we can take something that's meant to be life-giving and, and turn it into yes. a rule and we, yes. we start excluding people. But the whole point of what Jesus did was to establish a new covenant. That's right. It was a new covenant that's not based on our performance and our ability to relate to God by whether we do everything right or wrong, uh, whether we make a mistake, whether we disagree with each other. It's a mm. new covenant that says that it's in it's in the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. If there's a question of righteousness, Jesus has cleansed us right. from all unrighteousness. And like Pastor Dan said, by his stripes we have been healed in our bodies. And so this new covenant is a whole new Whew. dynamic of how we relate to Father God, and It sets us free to just love each other well and to just receive the blessings that Jesus has died to give us and not get caught up in whether you look right or you look wrong or whether you said the right thing. There's just so much freedom in the new covenant.
1: Yeah, so much freedom in not looking at what other people are doing and just, you know, I mean, why would we spend our time trying to find something wrong with somebody else? There's so much right with Jesus. (laughs) That's right. So (laughs) come on. And, you know, you probably got your own issues. So just (laughs) work on them with Jesus (laughs) and leave other people alone. They'll be okay. Love them. God bless you guys. See ya.
0: thank you for listening to morning breath from east coast christian center we hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend for additional information such as service times events and more please visit us at eccc.us thanks and we hope you have a blessed day